First of all, you don't know me. <laughs> We're all about that high school drama girl, drama girl, all about them high school queens. We'll take you for a ride in our comic girl, drama girl, cheering for the right team. Drama queens, drama queens, smart girl, rough girl, fashion but you're tough girl, you could sit with us girl. Drama queens, drama queens, drama queens, drama, drama queens, drama queens. Let's do it. Should we get into episode six? Every night is another story. The air date of this episode was October 28th, 2003. I loved it. What happens? Tell us what happens in it. Yeah, give me me the goods. Give us the rundown. Okay, so what happens in this episode? And this is a big one. It's the first away game for the Ravens. Uh, They go to play Pickerington. And Whitey throws Lucas and Nathan off the bus after the game because they started punching it out on the court and got thrown out of the game and tackled Booted. me and harmed me. They wounded they me. They harmed I in- you. I was injured bad. You poor little bunny. <laughs> um, so it leaves them stranded 30 miles from home. They encounter a carload of the rival team guys who threaten them with a gun so weird, by the way. Casual was... gun pull in high school? What? No, thank you. No, thank you. Okay. Um, and then due to my injury and, uh, well, I should say Brooks to clarify, due to Brooks' injury and the pain pills that she took to the face, she needed a little help getting in the car from both Peyton Dude. and Haley. So many um, weird casual, like, traumas yeah. Yeah. in this episode. Like, like gun violence and addiction i'm like what is going on just a little oxy party no big whoop fine yeah um meanwhile karen and keith go to the small business dinner Mm -hmm. and dan and deb are there and they get seated at the same table it's a lot of drama of course they did (laughs) of course they did because somebody at the small business association assumed they liked each other oh my god they didn't get the memo. I would have liked it, to see that. I wish there had been somebody who just really disliked someone at that table and like purposely just sitting in the corner watching them, like eating his soup, just like happy to see the right, table. Right. The head of the <laughs> Chamber of Commerce. <laughs> name's like right, Earl right. or something. Just in the corner with his pinky on his mouth. Hmm. Guys, this was legit <laughs> one of my favorite episodes to shoot. It Me was too. too. And maybe it's because like we were separated by ourselves the whole time. Yeah. Like we had that was the first time that was just the girls being yeah. just girls yeah. the whole time. Um mm-hmm. and so there was no like, you know, longing looks and forlorn. Mm-hmm. It was just us but being it, goobers. It was all kind of real too. I mean, for me, I definitely felt that that mm-hmm. I was still kind of feeling out you guys yeah, and we were same. all feeling out each other and like so everything that was on camera was a lot of what we were actually, I mean, for me anyway, it was a lot of what I was actually feeling of like, are we going to get along? Is this okay? Is this, I don't know how this is going to go. Are we going to have fun together? Yeah. Yeah. I love that in this episode, they're like, you Hicks at Pickerington. (laughs) And meanwhile, like we've all moved off to Hickville. Um, (laughs) Wait, Sophia. Okay. Sophia had a thought. Oh yeah. So I was going to say, I think one of the things that I loved about even the opening of the episode. Well, first of all, how funny it is that it opens smack dab in the middle, right? You yeah. know, Peyton and Haley yeah. in the front seat of the car and you almost crash and Brooke wakes up and is so confused and it cuts back and forth. It from makes us you think you guys. missed an episode. Yes, yeah. totally. And and I get to kind of be the voice for the audience at the end of the teaser going, yeah. what the hell is going on here? <laughs> for the whole yeah. episode, which is great. Yeah. Because when you're and like, 
oh, you guys think this is going to work? Oh, oh, right. that made me so sad. That sad. broke my heart. Mm. But it was sweet to do the, you know, 12 hours earlier rewind. The thing that kind of struck me as we were watching it together is we all had the same version of feedback being like, oh, look at us being like real little kids. Yeah. Like they... The, there's fun and silliness and charm between all the friends. And I don't know, it just felt so nice. Us like, you know, play fighting with pom poms in your room. And mm-hmm. <laughs> it was it was just so sweet. That was a fun little scene because it was the first time that we had real like extended scene work together that didn't involve mm-hmm. like the whole cast and crew. It was really mm-hmm. like little intimate scenes. So us just getting to play in the bedroom was really cute because that is how I interacted with my girlfriends in high school. We were on the cheerleading squad and like going to each other's house before games and being in our uniforms and like getting in our cutlass and going to the, you know, 7-Eleven to get Slurpees before the game, you know, like it felt real in a way that some of the other stuff is like really heightened and crazy. And Mm. then when Joy and I got to do the stuff while we went to go get gas, that was the first time I feel like we really got into our, like, mutual love of Broadway, you know, and, like, mm. really, like, dug in. And so all of that tender excitement that's coming through on camera, in my recollection, felt so, so real. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Me um, too. Watching the boys play nice. And, like, play dirty oh. and then play nice was really rewarding. We joked while we watched it that they were, like, Bo and Luke Duke. Just, like, those yeah. Duke boys <laughs> causing trouble, you know? There they go. <laughs> I love that this episode was a standalone episode. Like, if you had never seen the show, you kind of could drop into it. And it was a good introduction of who everybody is in a way. Mm. But it also moved. And it was a it was out of sort of an out of time. It could have happened any day. Um but it moved so much of the story forward. When um, did we do our at, first TRL so much- appearance? Because I feel like this episode was a reintroduction of everything. Oh. Mm-hmm. Because, hold on, I'm going to Google that. Somebody while needs you- to find out. I don't know. Well, Google. And you know what? I think, too, I think that's a such a good observation on both your parts. Because remember, we got pulled up to air in September. We weren't yeah. supposed to air till January. And, and I remember the big thing every week being, wow, the word of mouth, because the audience was like Mm. doubling and tripling every week for our show. So I think that by this point, six episodes in, they were like, all right, we got to figure out a way to pepper in information about each of these characters in case new viewers are showing up now. So it does feel a bit like that, like a, hey, you know, thanks everyone who's been here. And then for all you new folks coming in, this is who these people are. This is what their relationships are. Yeah, for sure. I think you're totally right. We also had kind of fleshed ourselves out over the first five episodes. It was like, we didn't know about Peyton's mom. We didn't know Mm -hmm. about like Brooke being like the rich, popular girl. You know, we didn't know Haley's background. You know, so now that we have all the exposition, now we just get to play. Now it's just like, Mm -hmm. okay, let's get silly. You know, we're little kids now, which we totally did. Joy, get into the, the plot points here. Oh, I well, I just want to say there's so much to cover. So, I mean, if we're going to go in order, let's first talk about the mix CD that you give oh, to Lucas and the mix tape. tape on the bus. P.S. Oh whatever. Guys, that's on brand yes, for me. Whatever. I yeah. I have had many a romance over a mixtape, mm-hmm. including my husband. Oh, me too. 
my husband, when we first really? started kissing, was like sending me Bonnie Vare songs. And I was like, oh, this will work. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's my love language. What's yep. the what's the best mixtape you remember getting? Do you have Ooh. like... Ooh, I mean, I definitely traded mixtapes in high school. That was mm-hmm. that was really a thing. And you remember just sitting mm-hmm. by the stereo with the, your hand over the record and play button at the Girl. same time, listening to the radio, waiting for your song to come for on. Days. And you just for days. For days. Days oh, at a time. Perfect. <laughs> Hours. You just sit there waiting yeah. to hear yeah. your song. It's a lost art. Um, when, when we were able to make mixed CDs, though, that was oh, a game changer. Because you didn't have to record yeah. it off the radio anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that boy I was friends with in town that was in a band? He used to make good CDs. Oh, yeah. Great oh, CDs. yeah. The best CDs. He loved um, you. Like a lot of Jeff Buckley. Ooh. Honeys, if you're oh listening God, and Jeff you want to get a girl to like you, you put some Jeff Buckley on a mixtape yeah. and she will Nobody like you. Everybody here oh. wants you. Oh. Yeah. So that song good. that Everybody so Here Wants good. You song. That's <laughs> my favorite. Oh, my yes. God. Right? I mean, so just good. I'm just going to take off my clothes right now. <laughs> <laughs> that and that, whatever that Robin Thicke song is that we always used to sing yes. to. Oh, my God. This We were in back our in prime thick days in the day. Yeah, back in the day. Mm-hmm. It was um, it was that album he did. Oh, baby girl, you the sh- that makes you my equivalent. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's the one. That wasn't the song, though. No, song. no, but it was that album. There was it. a, there was a slow. There was a, what was it? There was like a slow, sexy one. You. Yes. yes, lost without you. Oof. Yeah, Oof. that was, it was so good. It was a good time, kids. Those early two thousands. But mixtapes really were such a way to convey feelings. I mean, my God, I remember. Oh, I remember in my mid twenties, just like mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I am in love. When I got like yeah. the best mix CD, and it's like you really know me. You, you know me. It. That's what it, it is. Don't feel like that. <laughs> yeah. You know me. I, when I lived in New York, I was um, seeing this guy. We well, we were kind of dancing around, seeing each other. We liked each other, but he was at Juilliard, and he was um, he he was super into like Jeff Buckley and Bob Dylan and like mm-hmm. all the you know these like super emo artists, and um, and I was just like. We we just were like loved each other, but we did never say it. And um, those are the best. Oh, I remember those are the best. And That's I have so all these sweet. memories of like nights in the Juilliard hallway, like saying goodnight and being like, "Is he gonna kiss me tonight? I don't know. Is it gonna could happen? it be now?" He would hand me a mixtape. Like, oh my god, it was a CD at that by that a point. CD. I was like, "I made you this." Oh. And I'd go home and listen and just cry and like, ooh, you know, daydream. And it was the best being young it's and in love. It's such a good feeling. So okay, sweet. Joy, I had a boy that I loved in New York City and <gasps> and he gave me mixtapes. And I, w- oh my God, like I'm like listening to these and I'm like, I, th- I think he's telling me that he loves me. Like, what? Yes. This is crazy. And then I found out it was just his yearly mix and he made the same set and <gasps> gave it to all his friends as like, no, these are the favorite right songs now. of this year. <laughs> horrified no it was heartbreaking because i really thought like speechless he's telling me that he loves me not true these were just like the good songs that came out this year you know here you go guys you need to know how loaded mixtapes are they're business man yeah it's not for the faint of heart i actually remember (laughs) remember having like a does he like me or does he not like me like moment with some friends in high school and I finally was like, he doesn't like me. He's never made me a mixtape. 
It's not like that. We're just friends. Like it was Whoa. that big of a deal that yeah. if yeah. if it if it never happened, somebody wasn't. It wasn't like that. That wasn't the vibe. It was platonic. But Meaning also, yes, but are, are kids like platonic. that now? I don't know. I think they are. I think the younger, like the younger teenagers, and uh, like between fourteen and twenty-two, because my brother's twenty, and I yeah. think. In that age range, like they're really into retro stuff. So they do things like that. Now, like, to me, I'm like, who has time to make a mixtape? I mean, oh my God, I don't have time well, to do that. We're parents now, Joy. Lo- Joy, we have a mortgage. That's true. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's they're just true. going to school. <laughs> what did you do today? I made a mixtape. Go fucking pay your bills, Joy. Yeah, yeah. pay your bills, Joy. <laughs> the closest thing I've come, <laughs> the closest I've come to making a mixtape in years is like making a playlist on Spotify. Oh, yeah, I guess yeah, that's what the kids know? are doing. Great. I mean, yeah, that's yeah, true. Kids. But like, I can't imagine what it being was burned on a CD. Well, on a CD. Yeah, on a CD. CD. What's a CD? Who owns a burner anymore? Um, what oh. was on the mixtape that Peyton gave to Lucas, though? That, that CD where their song is that? I feel like they probably put some songs out there. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like there was Tegan and Sarah in the episode. And just so you guys at home know, I was a massive. Tegan and Sarah fan. And so I you were, so, I remember so that. was too. Same. And we were just mm. like, put him on the show, put him on the show, put him on the show. Please, and please, then when please, please, please. Trick came along, I thought for sure we were going to get mm. them. Right. And, oh, it just didn't happen. It didn't happen. Um, Unfair. Guys, I'm still looking up this Robin Thick situation because it's going to kill <laughs> me. The, it was. It was Cherry Blue Skies was the name of the album. What was the name of that stupid song? What are you trying to figure out? That Robin Thicke song, song that loved. was so sexy. Lost Without You. Oh, see, I had a different one. There was Sugar Mama was oh. really good. Um, yeah, Cherry Blue Skies was a really good one, too. Anyway, I got well, sidetracked. What you guys don't know is, okay, so this episode was directed by Jason Moore, who mm-hmm. is a huge Broadway director, actually, mm-hmm. which is, I think, one of the big things that during this episode, especially during that scene, Hillary, when you and I were going mm-hmm. for our walk are very slow oh, the walk. slowest emergency <laughs> very walk slow ever walk. for two girls a stroll. and we've left yeah. our like drugged up injured friend in a car on a lonesome highway <laughs> girls don't ever do that yeah that's girl code number one don't leave your girlfriend no way you piggyback yeah. her to town man yep so but jason directed it and we all got to talking about broadway for and so that's how sort of Hillary and I, I think, really bonded in that in that regard. And Jason had directed Avenue Q at that oh, point, yeah. and wow. we got to find. I got to figure out what else he's directed since then. He's do, he, like a ton, a ton of crazy. I just remember stuff. feeling like, "Will you take us with you?" Like I wanted to impress exactly. him so bad, and I just so was like, "This situation's a little bit uncomfortable sometimes because we'd already been dealing with some like." you know, foreshadowing of what we were going to deal with behind the scenes for the next six yep. years. Mm-hmm. And he was such yep. a safe, lovely, like communicative director. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I wanted him back so bad. He was so great. Take us with mm-hmm. you. Yeah, he was wonderful. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, he directed case Perfect. Of course. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, Pitch Perfect. Which is a I know. I was like, Jason, Pitch Perfect please. film. <laughs> hi. Hi. Bring remember me? me? Hello. Hello. Hi. Did yeah. you have fun with us? I can do that too. But guys, he never came back to us. <laughs> I know. I know. He was like, Bum guys, out. I'm not taking that double flight to Wilmington. Brooke was so fun. Yeah. Brooke on a webcam. webcam. Yeah. I mean, shaking your ass. Oh, man. I, I just love, 
I love the moments where, and I can see it differently now, like the moments where I felt free to play and be a kid and our moments in your room. And it's all just silly and so adorable. And then, you know, there's like, the forced, like, now I'm supposed to flirt with the grown-up man for the medicine. (laughs) Like, it's so weird, and I hate those scenes. So I have have this very personal, like, half the time I'm anxious and half the time I'm just loving it. And the stuff with all of us is so, it is, it's just charming and it's funny. Did you know anybody back then that had a webcam? Because I for sure didn't. Like, no, no it was like, first I'd heard of it, you know? Yeah, I didn't talk know about another casual throw-in of something that's like kind of a big deal for a high school girl to have a webcam in her bedroom. Like yeah. pointed at her bed. You know, yeah. you know what I mean? Usik, yeah. ew. I never knew if it was something that like her dad had set up so that he could make sure she was alive because her dad's um, just like gone on a fishing on boat. vessel. You know what? They should have addressed that. Why didn't we get to see that? I... Babe, I think it plays out all through the first season. I mean, it plays out all the way through the psychoderic stuff. Um, Oh, yeah. But I just never, ever met a kid that did something like that. And Mm -hmm. now you've got little kids with YouTube channels. And it's so common. And it's super weird. It's really weird. Yeah. Does your daughter ever ask if she can do that? No, she's not allowed on YouTube. Um, yeah. And she, like, if I'm not there with her, because I just don't, you know, the ads pop up and Ugh. people are creepy and they put stuff in kid videos that I, I just, no. Totally so, um, yeah. but she has seen the, like clips of things where the kids are unwrapping the toys. Oh my God. Unboxing so videos. I'm going to, I'll text it to you girls. Maria did a video of like an unboxing video where she has like all these little, but it's not anything real from like an actual, it's just toys from inside of her room. Right. Like a right. little Fabergé egg that I passed off. And I was like, this is a fake Fabergé egg. I was like, I don't want this. It looks like a, you know, mini like fairy palace to Gorgeous. her. So it's got that with a Aww. some plastic little thing. It's really cute. But sh- I was going and she's talking through the whole thing. Now, if you want to see what's inside this, you're going to have to wait because we're going to open the other ones first. I'm like, what the wow. heck? Where did you learn this stuff? It's, kids love it. Gus Gus doesn't Are realize that everything... Oh, no. God, no. God. No, but Gus ha- Gus watches all like the Minecraft, like the gamers. That's what little boys mm-hmm. are into. Mm-hmm. And so... He's on Twitch? He, no. God, no. He doesn't realize <laughs> every video that he shoots on his iPad goes to Jeff's phone. And so <laughs> at night, oh, we lay in bed and we watch him be like, all right, guys, today we're talking about Dan Tedium and Minecraft. <laughs> and so they're practicing so these cute. host skills, which will benefit them in the future, you know, yeah. just like public yeah. speaking and being able to communicate with people. But Back in 2003, when we did this, the idea of a child being on the internet, like just mm. offering up her bedroom for strangers, Woof. was insane. Yeah, I still yeah. think it's insane. Well, now and they're I, all doing those sexy TikTok dances. All the kids. Oh, God, that stresses me yeah. out. I guess it's interesting to think about it in those terms because when Brooke runs in and, you know, it was, it was Brooke such the a original casual- TikTok girl doing that dance on the webcam. Oh my God. Also, Brooke invented Uber, but it's fine. Um, <laughs> give me my that money. comes later this season. I'm like, give me my money. I came up with this idea. Um, but I, I think something's really interesting because there is this like very sweet, innocent, youthful 
moment. And what I love too is there's been so much angst and so much drama. And when I come into your room and it's just like, oh, it's playful. There's an understanding of what was going on. And, and I love how they unpack it as friends with humor. Yeah. But now seeing it, you know, running over and doing the cheer. <laughs> I don't know what this is. <laughs> yep. this is my cheer. <laughs> um, running over and doing the cheer and then like flashing ass at the webcam and going, well, that's what they're for. It, I'm like, wait, were, were we trying to poke fun at it or... What were we doing? What were the writer, What was the writer's motivation in that moment? I, I there, there was a lot of Brooke ass in this episode, by the there by. Was. And we need to talk mm-hmm. about how the uniforms changed in this episode. Oh, we had had... Uh, as y'all. soon as they came on screen, it was like, wait a minute, what happened to the other half of the uniforms? You guys, when, when Hillary and I walked out at the away game... All three of us were like, wait, well, what, what are those? Like yeah. our uniforms were shrunk by half. The tops yeah. are like bras. <laughs> Where did the rest of the tops go? Guys, I'm going to blame the OC again. They were like, how do we sexy this show up about basketball? <laughs> I know. We're going to uh, cut up those fucking uniforms. They're, that's right. They're just so not cute. I don't know. I have a real long torso. And so... It, these suits specifically were tough on me because you could see everyone else's belly buttons, but not mine because I guess I have a low button, guys. And I was always oh, so man. self-conscious <laughs> those stupid things. Yeah, give us a full shirt. Aw. Yeah. yeah. And I, remember the hair fight I had about how cheerleaders don't wear their hair down? Because if you stunt, yes. you could get injured. Yeah. I lost the fight by this by this episode. I yeah. lost the fight. Yeah, it we weren't getting anywhere with Sexy that. cheer. Which was irritating. My favorite moment of the basketball game was Brooke with the putting all the pieces together. Oh, it's an iconic rectangle. line. I love so that great. part of the scene so much because I really, it was a fun moment. You know, they, I remember speaking to Jason and him saying, you're going to do a lot of comic relief. Like we, we're letting tension out in this episode. And I felt that because the last one was so heavy. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I, I think... I really felt permission to do more than what was on the page, more than like be the bad girl. And, <laughs> yeah. and it was so fun. And and that moment of standing there, you know, well, I think that Nathan likes Tudor Girl and Tudor Girl likes Lucas. And I know. And it was just so a love rectangle plus one, whatever that is. God, it's good. But you it got it good. in like it's really two funny. takes. It's really funny. You also... Mm. Like nailed it because Joy and I have talked. We're like, I feel like that scene took a really long time to shoot other scenes. I remember that being just like wizardry. You know, you nailed it because you knew Mm. how to hit all those beats so that the audience got up to speed on what's what. Mm. You had to provide crazy exposition there and you did it in such a funny way that it's become a line (laughs) that people come up to us at conventions and say, you know, I love it. How long did that stunt take? The the guys falling on you? I don't remember, but God, I I got elbowed a couple of times. And if you pay attention, not that I really want everyone inspecting my ass because it was a battle I lost and I wound up with, you know, my ass up in the camera in the back seat later in the episode. But I have huge bruises like down my whole white like ass cheek and thigh because those big ass boys fell on me and yeah. then they were fighting. Mm. And I I, got, I remember getting elbowed like in the 
gluteus and, and you can see these huge bruises on my butt later in the episode. It was when everyone was still trying to prove that we were really method actors. And it was like, yeah, yeah no, totally. no, 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 cool. We're just going to fight for real. It'll yeah. be great. Yeah, just go at it. Really make it look real. <laughs> and I'm underneath the two of them being like, ow, ow, please stop. You don't have to prove anything. It's fine. No. You know what else makes me laugh? Because I realized looking at it that it's ADR. Because when you come and like save me and give me the hug, Hill, I remember and I can see it going, Peyton. And they made me ADR, pain over pain. <laughs> Is that what it was? Oh, that's yeah. funny. You can see it. It's totally, it's totally looped. And it's pain. so silly. Pain. pain. I mean, that's very sad. Weird. It's a sad line. Like for real though, there was so much casual stuff in this episode. The pill thing. Let's talk about the pill thing. Oh man. When yeah. we were watching it it's back, it's not okay. It was before anybody was talking about an opioid epidemic. And it's when yeah. I mean, I remember doctors just being like, Do you want a prescription? You know, like it was something it was handed out like yeah. freaking candy back then. Yeah. So the idea that these like kids were just kind of being playful about it now yeah. is such a horror show, you know? Yeah. Ew, gross. Ooh. Yeah, it doesn't age well. And the idea that a kid might be like, oh, this might be a cool way for me to get a little, you know, f***ed up tonight. Yeah. Let's party. Uh, let's party. And I'm like, or don't that. Oh, God. It just feels it feels so cringy scary to me. Mm-hmm. I never I mean, I know I know a lot of people have tried that. I I, I it always scared me. The idea of just going mm-hmm. into a medicine cabinet and just like taking pills. I don't know what they are, what they're for, what it would do to me. Yeah. I was, Scared to do well, and like the that. guy who played the trainer is a buddy from the improv scene in Wilmington. Yeah. So oh. when we, oh, that's cool. When we descended on Level the improv five. world, um, Cullen, who plays Junk, was a part of like this improv comedy scene, and he would invite us to Level Five to come see improv comedy night. And Sam was an actor that was like a big mm. part of the theater scene. Sam Robinson. And he felt like such a creeper. Like, he was so excited to be on the show, but he's doing it as, like, this kind of predatory, you know, creepy college guy passing out Mm. pills to little girls. Your legacy is better than that, Sam. You deserve more. We love you, Sam. (laughs) (laughs) Poor guy. They always threw so many good guys in in the rough positions. Well, that's it. If you're a local actor and they're like, you're cast, kid. And then you've yeah. got to play a pervert or like somebody doing like college date rape or passing Oof. out drugs to kids. It's like, womp, yeah. womp. Oh, man. Yeah. I thought it was a good moment for Brooke. I thought I liked, I know it's like anytime we do something that's not setting a great example, it's always cringy. But I liked for Brooke seeing, I like seeing all the layers and, you know, it was mm. the, the one time we just get to see a little bit of her real trouble in spite of all the fun and all the, you know, up, mm-hmm. upness, mm-hmm. Hi- heightened. Um, oh, God. I mean, did I not go to school? Where's my vocabulary? Upness. You know I mean? No, like, girl. Upness is a word. I like upness. <laughs> upness. Oh, her upness was not on display in that scene. She was feeling. Yeah. It, well, yeah, it was. I liked seeing her flaw because um, it just it gave you more to to look forward to with her for later yeah. that it wasn't just she's not just a fun bubbly girl she's got some real shit going on and it yeah. made me want to see more of her oh i love that i i th- i think i had to find a little bit of that line for her there thinking okay well what is she trying to escape mm-hmm. you know what is she trying to be yeah. distracted from 
and and figuring out, I think for each of us, you know, those moments where we could add something for these girls, you know, something that wasn't on the page, find whether it was humor or seriousness or vulnerability. I mean, even the two of you in that very slow walk, you're mosey, you're mosey to <laughs> the mosey. mosey. Uh, like, I love it because looking back, I see you guys, you know, I see Peyton and Haley, sure. But I see the two of you and the way you giggle and the way that you each find things funny. And and I making fun I, of Chad in that scene felt so scandalous. Like I remember being like, Did oh, it? my God. Yeah. Like because everyone had teased Chad in real life about his like blue steel, you know, about like the brood. Oh, yeah. About the broody. And stuff. Yeah. yeah. And made the, the script. They wrote it in. And Joy and I got to like poke fun at it I felt like we were getting away with murder it was just like oh my god is he gonna be mad mad (laughs) (laughs) oh it's so cute we had we enjoyed that but I feel like watching the scene I was like oh I want to know what was on the page and what you guys like ad-libbed and threw in and because I I knew watching it obviously not being there because I was pretending to be passed out in the car, but, but watching it, I was like, Oh, they made it. They sparkled it up. And I want to, I want to see a side by side. It was fun because we had a theater director. So there's so much scene work in this episode. It's not Mm -hmm. about sexy, broody shots. It's not about, you know, big, huge, you know, um, lots of extras, chaotic scenes. It's -hmm. about two people talking most of the time, whether it's Dan and, and Keith, you know, like it's always about people talking, the brothers, the girls, and having yeah. a theater director for that was just so awesome. Yeah. And and I feel like you can see it in certain moments too, even choices that were made, like the stuff going on with the boys when they get into that fight. That feels it's choreography. It's yeah. it does feel like stage work. And and when it turns, mm-hmm. oh, what a moment when you're yeah. like, oh, my God, I can't believe Nathan hit him and they're fighting and it's crazy. Yeah. And then when he throws him on the car the second time, you're like, what is he doing? Yeah. And he goes for the keys. <gasps> yeah, so yep. good. And the moment, oh, man, where you realize, you know, that that was Nathan's way of putting them on the same team. Aww. And they have that sweet talk. Yeah. Oh. I, was, I really was interested in that. Because my first thought was, why did Nate? Why do you think Nathan gave Lucas that piece of information about his childhood with Dan? And that's mm. a real story too. Like those dads are so prevalent. I grew up with three brothers playing little league baseball, and then I cheered for football from fourth grade mm-hmm. to my senior year in high school. And like those dads are real. The dad mm-hmm. that will hurt you. And humiliate you in front of mm. an entire group of people, in front of all of your peers. That's a really real thing. And the way James delivered it was really effective mm. because that humiliation yeah. lingers. You know, that's yeah. not something that you get to take back later as a parent. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah. Why did he get why did he give that information to Lucas though? Out of all the posturing uh, that they've been doing with each other and sort of constant playing chicken and you know, why why now it would have been so easy for him to just keep going why did he give him that info do you think after I... the father-son game because that was terrible mm. like it showed nathan had a heart yeah it did and you said something about a common enemy earlier hillary enjoy your question is 
kind of making me connect some dots. They had this horrible experience at the father-son game that made them understand that they share this awful thing. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. they go to this game and they start beating the shit out of each other. And the minute that they get out and they're stranded and this other team comes along, it's almost like it gives them a reason to realize that they do have a common enemy. They're not each other's enemy, but they're coming at each other over the same issue over and over and over again. And the Mm -hmm. minute they're given someone else to focus their attention, their anger, their hurt, their letdown on, they're playing for the same team. It's, it was, it's really good structure. And while Mm -hmm. all that's happening out on the road, you see Dan and Keith fighting and Deb going, Oh, hmm, our son got kicked out of a game for fighting with his brother. How original. Oh, yeah. You know, (laughs) calling Dan out. It's like, you're the same. Why do you think he's like this? And, and so you're seeing these kind of, you know, this, this like dynastic long life moment. And then are the kids going to do the same thing or do it differently and do it better? I loved this this message of you can walk in somebody else's shoes. You can see things from the the perspective of somebody that you would never talk to, um, that you'd never hang out with in our case. So even somebody that mm. you really hate and have a long history with, there is still, you know, hopefully we don't all want to bond over, you know, a hate, a common enemy. <laughs> but if you have to. <laughs> but it's like a worst case scenario. Right, exactly. But, you know, it, it's possible. It's just that I love anything that's talking about the triumph of the human spirit in that way, which I just yeah. think we really hit on in this, that there's always a way to connect with someone that's the other. Mm. Well, or regardless that's the of, same. Yeah. Like I I read a political quote. It was, it was, you know, eight years ago. It was a long time ago. And it made so much sense to me personally because they were talking about a politician and one of their aides and how they were the same species of animal, right? And when they exist in the wild, they cohabitate beautifully. They hunt the same. They process the same. They interact the same. But the second you put them in a cage together, they try to kill each other. Because animal, like mm. same animals, mm. aren't supposed to be locked in together, and it was a, it reminded me of how we all were behind the scenes because mm. we are all so similar. We all had to be really ambitious as young women. We had to, you know, yeah. forge our own way. None of us had family that could like get us jobs and stuff. Like we had to mm-hmm. scrapple, and is it scrapple? Is that like a breakfast or is that? I love like it. that. I'm happy with scrapple. Yeah, yeah. We, I don't know that that's the right word, guys. Joy and I are upness and scrapple today. Just <laughs> I, want, I want sorg on a t-shirt. Sorg. And I want scrapple on a t-shirt. Upness. I want a lot. And upness. That's our tattoo. Upness. Yeah, but I feel like when you lock any wild animal up in an um, unnatural habitat, it's going to freak out. And that's what the mm. boys are doing in this episode. It's perhaps what we did behind the scenes some of the time because we were locked up. And the mm-hmm. second we all were allowed to just like take a breath, it was like, I love that you're the same animal as me. Let's hunt yeah. together. Like this feels mm-hmm. nice. Yeah. Let's form a tribe. Yeah. And it's yes. um, it's cool to see it play out in the storyline of the show. 
you know, knowing yeah. like everything that happened for the next six years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm. Okay, let's move on to Deb and Dan. Um, She's so good. Yes. How classy is she? She yeah. is so oh. classy. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. They all fought in the room and it was like dramatic. And, you know, that was sort of the big thing. But but what really hit me was that moment in the hotel lobby with the two of them sitting there. Mm-hmm. And she could have said all of those lines real bitchy and real like throwing a fit and going She could upstairs. have yelled at him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Raised her but voice. She didn't. She classed that. Oh, so good. Hillary, I love what you said. We were talking about it while we were watching it, and you go, Oh, she just seems so moneyed. Yeah. Yeah. It makes her seem really rich, you guys. Like, rich people Mm. don't yell, don't be common, you know? Like, (laughs) I'm too rich to yell. It's like, Mm. darling, I am (laughs) never going to make a scene, you know? There's other people in this lobby. I would never let them know that I'm mad at you, but I'm mad at you. It's it's so classy. And I yeah. have to imagine, like, if that was a audition scene, 99% of women would have, like, thrown a shoe at Dan, you know, or yep. stood up yep. and, like, yep. poured a drink on him. And she mm. just, it takes so much more strength to be still. Yeah. yeah. And it felt so powerful after her conversation with Keith. You know, mm-hmm. Deb yes. going to talk to him, getting him a drink. And him getting to ask her, because he gets to be us in that moment, the audience, and say, why are you with this guy? Mm -hmm. And they get so vulnerable. And and Deb and Keith being buddies is so delicious Uh, and kind. You guys, the whole time I watched it, all I could think about was the two of them in front of that fireplace years down the road. Like, spoiler alert. (gasps) The chemistry. The chemistry. The chemistry. Barb can create chemistry with like a shoebox. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, yeah. <laughs> so to watch the two of them like smolder <laughs> together and her yeah. in her cute dress and like mm. they both are just so um they've both been hurt by Dan in that yeah. scene and they're collaborators in that mm-hmm. scene. And it's mm-hmm. great foreshadowing to what's gonna happen, you know? It makes me excited for them to hook up years later. Yes. And and her in that moment, trying to give him the the courage to go for it with Karen. Mm-hmm. You know, you realize Keith's been belittled by Dan forever. And for How Deb weird. to look at him and say, you should go for it. Yeah. She might see you as more than a friend. Like, I, I almost feel like she's giving him a confidence boost that he's really lacking. And it's just so, it's so generous. And then with with Dan provoking him and just being so cruel to him and Keith trying to hit him and it going so awry, which is like such oh, a wound to pride. I love that he missed. I love, oh, I that, love he missed. that he missed. And then he still oh. was just like, I don't care. Oh, <laughs> You're well. still an asshole. Yeah. He wasn't humiliated. <laughs> he wasn't, but like, oh God, what that gave when she came back to Dan. Yeah. And that casual, I'm going to go upstairs and pack. When she said she got them a room for the night so they could have like a couple's evening away. And mm. just that, like, I'm not sleeping with your ass tonight, you know? Yeah. No. Ooh, it was he so nice. It. And you know he she paid it. for that room. It. You know that was on Deb's credit card. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love that. I also didn't think about the fact that, like, if Dan's got this little brother syndrome thing, Nathan's the little brother, too. It's like, yeah, you know how like your trauma or your parents trauma is like, oh, I was a middle child. 
And so then they they also like favor the other middle child that they eventually have because it's like, I can connect with you. I feel like Dan connects with that younger son energy that Nathan has, you know, and and so resents Lucas the same way he resents Keith. It's like, why are Mm. you not bothered by anything? Why don't you want more? You know, it's um, Mm -hmm. it's competitive, but it's also, you know, Dan hates Lucas the way he hates Keith. He's just got a chip on his shoulder about older brothers. Can we talk about Brooke's cute little car? That's not an oh, I love that car. car. The that first car real so debut. Popular. That car was so popular when that, that car was so popular at the out. time. Um, do you yeah. remember how it had remember a it fl- had the vase? Yes. Yeah. The flower, you put a little fl- in daisy in it. Yeah. Listen, we're so basic that someone put a test tube in a car and called it a vase, and we were all like, we have to have <gasps> this. Wow. <laughs> what was your first car in Wilmington? What did you guys get? Ooh. Because a lot of us got our first car there. I brought, well, I went to college in LA, so I, I brought my car out. But man, I do remember when we got the bug, Mm -hmm. when they first talked to me about Brooke getting a convertible bug in my head, it was like Herbie the love bug. I thought it was going to be a little vintage, cute, like classic bug. And then they pulled up in the brand new one. I yeah. was heartbroken. Oh, and then yeah. I was like, well, I mean, yeah, if she's 16, maybe she's not into classic cars. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like Eeyore. I was so sad because I grew up going to car shows with my dad. Like yeah. classic cars are our thing. And I thought like, I'm going to get to drive around in a cute little Herbie. No. And there was a very specific stigma around that car at the time. It was like, if you were like a rich daddy's girl. That was your car. And it was like a teen girl car. I feel like there were reality shows happening at the time, like The Simple Life or something, you know, like where, you know, girls in juicy suits were driving those bug convertibles. It's an exciting... I saw Katie Holmes driving that car once. Really? Oh. In L.A. She doesn't strike me as a bug girl. No, me Me either. either. Me either. I mean, who knows? Maybe she was just test driving it. Maybe she was borrowing it. Maybe she was renting. I mean, I don't know anything. I don't know her. But I saw her turn a corner and I was like, huh. Interesting. I wouldn't have paid you for that car. Did you get a car right away, (laughs) Joy? I remember Joy talking to me about her dream car. She's like, one day I am going to get a cherry red vintage pickup truck. And by God, if she didn't do it, folks. Dad gum it. I did it. <laughs> you did, did it. did it. What Got was your car my in dang Wilmington? Truck. I don't remember what you drove. I, I feel like I don't remember. I mean, I know my first car in LA was a Mazda Miata, a little uh, convertible Mazda Miata, Ooh. which didn't hand, it was, it was an, it was not an automatic, it was manual. And it was did not do well on those hills like uh, the, the, the hill, the sun up to La Cienega. What is that? La Cienega yeah, up yeah. to sunset. Oh, that yeah, hill. up to sunset. That's a Oof. brutal hill. Yeah, there was a couple of times I was like, I hope this thing doesn't <laughs> give out on me because I'm going to roll all the way back down. Um, I don't remember what it, uh, did I have a convertible in Wilmington? I really don't remember what my car was there. Do you guys remember? No, I I went. What did I you had have? my parents back home in Wilmington or back home in Virginia. I was like, Mom, Dad, I need a car. And they found for like $2,500. It was like the cheapest car ever. It was a 1986 gold Mercedes. Mercedes like a grandma car. I loved it. And it still oh, had like the, like the ashtrays in the armrests, yes. you know? Yes. So you could just like Take chain deck. smoke in there. And it was horrible. Like the, the windows wouldn't roll down. The AC didn't work, but it was a boat. God, and I it was loved such it. a good car. 
And, but like parking that downtown on a Saturday night was an issue. That's why like you guys at the Riverview Suites, <laughs> I'd be like, it's cool, cool, cool. I'm going to park in your parking lot and then we'll walk. Um, yeah. yeah, I loved it. You know, being a, being like real little kids and not knowing to get like a fancy car, you know, just being like, I guess it can get yeah, me to we work no is so yeah. different from the experience that we see a lot of these like young actors with now where they're like, mm. oh, here's my Bentley freaking whatever. And I'm just like, what? You know, what happens when you run into something? Yeah, it's a very common thing when you're when you're that young to think I have money. So now that means I must spend it on expensive things. <laughs> That's not what money means. No, guys, we're spending that on Firebelly tacos and Hogarden beer. <laughs> That's not a car. What are you talking about? Don't oh, be ridiculous. Save it. Don't spend it. I... I definitely towed the line there, though, because I grew up like such a car junkie. Yeah. And I remember. You got your fancy car. Oh, man. I remember (laughs) I bought myself. I had this cool old uh, Toyota uh, 4Runner. Fode runner. What am I saying? I had upness, this cool old... upness, upness. runner. And what's our other? <laughs> what did I say? Scrapple. 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 That's going to be the our but board I... game. The name of our board game. Drama Honestly, Queens we present. We deserve scrapple. It. We deserve it. We deserve it. We're sober right now. Um, we're slap happy. But I had this truck all through high school, and I did a commercial. And I remember in college, my dad and I like, oh man, we were so dorky. My sweet dad. We we were like really jazzed on that funny little BMW that came out as like the Bond car. Ooh. I don't even remember what it was called. The little two-seater convertible. And they were so expensive, yeah. like so expensive. So that wasn't going to happen. And I did a commercial and I traded in my car. And I got like a little three series two door BMW that had not a bell or a whistle on it. But I was like, I'm doing it. And I remember I like went home to pick up my dad and he was just like, this is so cool, kid. And he gave me this like whole lecture about how he was really proud of me for making my own money. But anytime I wanted to buy something, I needed to calculate what it was actually costing me because of taxes. And then I needed to save at least 40 percent of that before I made it like it was a whole. And I was like, you're ruining my moment. I got my car. (laughs) Just stop talking. You love cars. You were a gearhead from like the jump. I am. Yeah. I am. Yeah. I have. a uh, Yeah, I have vehicles. You Lots could have worked in Keith's garage. Oh, I would have loved it. Yeah, what man. a cute twist. Oh, man. That if Brooke Davis fun. had gone to work. That would have been Keith a really Scott, cute choice. Damn it. I would have loved that. Hey, guys. Yeah. Let's just fun. do it. Let's just. Okay. <laughs> let's just do it. Well, let's talk about Keith. Yeah. Yes, sweet. Right. Oh, exactly. <laughs> He is so freaking cute in this episode. He's so cute. He is. That I'm scene. conflicted about this last scene. As a woman Are you? who has I'm as a woman who has taken care of too many uh-huh. drunk men. Been there. Um, I hear you. You know, yep. there's a we part know of that me feels. that was just like I really cringed. I was really just like, ugh, you know, the romanticizing of like Oh, it's okay that he's just wait. But, but, you know, get, that being said, it's also not a habit. It's not like we've seen Keith just constantly being, it was just like one night yeah. he had a little much, like whatever. So maybe that's just me overreacting. But I did feel it fully when he said, I love you. Mm, I and I love like just the honesty and that they really 
finally had a moment where they could just be really real with each other. Yeah. It felt really good. I when mean, they I, each said, like, I, I felt like this was a date for a minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Where and, and he admitted it in the sweetest little way. You know, Deb told me that that maybe we were on a date and I should pretend and, you know, and her, oh God, and her saying, I pretended too. Like, how did they not kiss? It's like I'm thinking about what their high school experience was. So what is Keith? Is he supposed to be like two years older than Dan or like, like, was he a senior when Karen was a sophomore? Like, why didn't she go for him? He's so nice. Maybe he was out of high school already. Maybe he was in college by then. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. That would make the most, that would make me the most comfortable with their storyline if mm-hmm. just like they didn't really know each other for the first, you know, four or five years or something. Yeah. And then he comes home from college and he's like, my little brother's an asshole. I got to help out. And then, you know. Yeah. He started their whole thing. But I love them. Oh. I have always, I always shipped Karen and Keith. Always me did. Too. Always did. I, I felt yeah. like that was a miss, not really going for that. Well, we got they, cheated. We got yeah. cheated. We needed at least two more years of Keith. We really did. Yeah. And we really yeah. did. Wah, wah. Um, let's talk about the baby-sized gun for a second because, <laughs> oh, guys. Like, I, no. I talk about stuff that doesn't hold up. Like, even just in in the the span of our own show, to have this like laughable yeah. little starter pistol, you know, in episode six, and then you know, two years later, we're doing the Jimmy Edwards episode. Yeah, like yeah. if you're ever somewhere where someone pulls out a gun, it is not funny, and you should scoot immediately. I've been at those yeah. parties; yeah, they're not sure. cool. Mm-hmm. Like, tell your friends who do that that they're dumb. Um, yeah, it's yeah. it's such a weird random thing that I don't know that we needed in the episode, but No. I think they were trying to paint those dudes as hillbillies. Yeah, and also like that the threat was real, the threat that something mm-hmm. bad might happen to Nathan and Lucas, but I don't know, a knife would have worked just as well. Yeah, better, I think. A little butterfly knife, you know. It's or- very like a Jets, you know, <laughs> West Side story. <laughs> when you're yeah. a jet, you're a jet all, all the way. way. I mean, we had a theater director. They could have had a dance off, guys, yes. right there on the street. <laughs> it would have been I better. I loved that. Yeah. Unnecessary gunplay. That doesn't hold up. Um, talking about Nathan giving Haley the nod was a fun mm-hmm. bit that came after mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. What does it mean when a boy gives a girl the nod? I don't know. It always feels a little cocky to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, look. It certainly felt charged. Because in the episode, I mean, come on, when he looks over at you and goes like, hey, everyone's like, oh, yeah. everybody Ooh. feels it. Like, wow. Because <laughs> he didn't do it to anybody thing. else. Nope. Right. It feels good. I mean, it feels good to be on the receiving end of that nod. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I just gave you a nod and you grinned. So see, I'm such a sucker. How you do? You know what I mean? Oh, like, just give me a little Joey. I'm all. Yeah. I'm all there. You're like, oh, hi. is that what you go for, Joy? Is it just like, cool, cool, guys? We're out for the night. This one nodded. It's it's a go. We're done. I get it. Jeff was a nodder when I met him. He was oh, real like, yeah. oh, so cocky. Yeah, um, and the nod. I, I mean, even still, all these years later, like if we're mm-hmm. at a function 
and we're across the room. That's and my you favorite. get that nod and you're like, mm-hmm. you're goddamn right. Let's do yep. this. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. a, it I feels don't know that, so good. Across yeah. a crowded room, that little mm-hmm. quiet communication from your human, mm-hmm. when you get the like, I see you, you're just like, yeah, you mm. do. <laughs> Keep looking. Do we ever grow like, out of that? It, Are we going to be 85 I, years old? I be hope like, not. We dude, don't. Dude, we got the I have the a nod. photo of one of my ex-boyfriends at a party at, outside my old house. And it was like kind of all through the driveway in there. And everybody in this photo is looking. And I took the photo. Everybody in the photo is looking at each other and talking. And he's like deep in the crowd. Mm-hmm. And if you scan the crowd, you can see he's looking straight at me oh, while everybody cool. else is talking. And I was just, I, I love that photo. Even though we're not hot. together anymore. I'm still like, yeah. oh my gosh, I love this photo. I'm I love that. Do, do we want to talk about how humid it was in Wilmington and us all being in our co- our winter gear <sighs> outside in that it's heat so with the, the hair and the stickiness and like is yeah. that even interesting or should we just move on no i mean we can definitely talk about it because i think it's very prevalent in this episode when yeah. you yeah. shoot nights on mm. a show like this they love wet downs and what that means for the person at home is they drive a huge tanker truck onto set full of water and they spray down the roads because at night it reflects the light and it looks romantic looks and brilliant. beautiful. Guess what I don't give a shit about? Wet roads. <laughs> you know what I do care about? <laughs> My hair. At four o'clock yep. in the morning, like a wet <laughs> possum out there. It is just well, and we and it was hot and we yeah. were in these winter coats yep. because we were airing in the fall. And I remember sitting out there on that summer night. In the heat, my hair was expanding like Viola Swamp, <laughs> just kept going out and out. And, you know, your mic pack is sticking to your skin and this heavy coat. And I'm like eating peanut butter and, and apples or whatever the craft service would bring me. And just thinking, is this forever? <laughs> is this going to be forever? Is this real I mean, life? it was great. But that's always the funny thing is people go, ah, oh, how fun. And then they come visit and they're like, wait, this is gross. You're like, yeah. yeah, and I'm wearing a cashmere sweater and a leather jacket because this is going to air in October. <laughs> mm. Mm. So hot. Deanna has a listener question. She says, one of my favorite and most quotable episodes of season one, episode six, every night is another story. Girl, mm-hmm. same. Uh, she says, do you remember a specific monologue that really stuck with you from this episode. Well, mm-hmm. Nathan. Yeah. I agree. I mean, that the rectangle plus one is the comedic <laughs> end great. of the spectrum. Epic that, quote. It is all the exposition. It's all the mm-hmm. catching up that the audience that was finally coming to watch us needed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Delivered perfectly. And then the Thank sensitive you know. one... Yeah, yeah, Nathan, that sweet little bunny getting kicked in the yeah. ass. <sighs> yeah, his being that- willing to reveal something. You know, there there were these moments of kindness given in the episode, you know, theoretically in the middle of the night when all these people had been on these strange adventures together. and Literally and I- in the middle of the night. Literally in the middle of the night because yeah. we, we were shooting that at like four o'clock. <laughs> it's probably in the four a.m. and and it makes it all the more like oof. You get that pang in your heart when the next day at school 
everyone's just kind of looking at each other, but separate mm. again. They fall back yeah. into their old ways. So yeah. Oh, tugs yeah. on the heartstrings. It sure does. Guys, high school was hard. High was school hard. was so hard. But you want to do it most likely to? Yeah. Shall we shall Speaking we spin the school. magical wheel? Is it most likely to play gladiator? Uh, Guys, uh, I I said this when you watched it. Get lost in the wilderness. Oh That's perfect for this episode. <laughs> most likely to get lost in the wilderness. You yes, couldn't yes. have done it better. I said that that fight out in the wilderness felt most like my high school experience because yep. I remember like our basketball game. I actually got a text from one of my classmates mothers on Facebook no. or Facebook friends and she goes um I remember like the cops getting called to our basketball game because they thought <gasps> that the Parkview kids were gonna rumble with like the kids from like deeper in the county and I was like I'm so glad you reminded me of that that wow. is my high school experience like this fight's rumble. in the woods so wow get lost in the wilderness which character and then which real life person what are we thinking is this one Brooke? I'm I'm pretty sure this one's probably Brooke. <laughs> I mean, she kind of was lost in the wilderness, guys. <laughs> Hearing yeah. birds. But you know, the thing about Brooke <sighs> is though, she seemed to like like there were just angels shining on her all the time. It seemed like things just worked out. Yeah. So, you know, I feel like somehow she would have she would have found her way out of the woods. For sure. I agree yeah. with Brooke. Yeah, I like that. It's like Snow White, you know? You just kind of like, yeah. oh, I'm going to stumble into this place and look, there's all these great. little men that are going to take care of me. Fantastic. <laughs> Perfect. Build me a house. <laughs> Build me a house. <laughs> cool. I like that one. And I'm then there's that. me, who was an actual camp counselor who led other people's children out of the woods. Yeah, so Sophia, you still do that stuff. You're you always go. like in Montana in a river up to your I ass, am. like fishing. <laughs> like <laughs> It's true. Yeah, it's that's true. your deal. But you don't get lost. Who gets I, lost I do not. out of our club? Mm. I mean, who have we it's had to go lost. back places for? I'm trying to think. <laughs> well, well, Craig, would that have been there? Craig? Are some stories that are just not appropriate for public consumption? Yeah. So oh, let's come no, up with you one guys, that is. It's Lee. It's Lee. It's 100% Lee Norris. <laughs> yeah, Norris. We've had to get Lee out of some hairy situations. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's I was going to tell a story and then was like, nope, can't do that. But, yep, it's Lee. You guys should know that Lee Norris is the most fun Saturday night you'll ever have in your whole life. And Truly. Sometimes you have to double back to make sure <laughs> that he gets home. Yeah. Yeah. Our Instagram followers have a verdict on how many times we crash the comment. Oh. Which, by the way, all... Peyton almost crashed it in this episode, yeah. so it could have been. Well, that's not the comment. Well, that, but that was the bug. All right, new question. Oh, right. So how Peyton many, has near misses. How many total yes. cars did we crash on this show? Because we all were driving each <laughs> other's lot. cars. So that's many right. cars. So that's our new question. Okay. But, but the comment was only crashed twice. Thank you for your Wow. Help. Nathan yeah. in season one and again with Peyton in season six. Guys, you all are the best. We do so many takes that it feels like we crashed. Yeah. I mean, we did. Times. We crashed it like dozens of times each time you guys saw it once. So, yeah. boom. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. I know this was a long one, but we we all loved this episode so much. We're not going to so talk your, your ear off this much uh, <gasps> on a regular basis. I mean, maybe we you will. Want us to. <laughs> We've got all yeah, the upness. We, <laughs> we've, we've got so much upness and scrappling going on around yeah. here. 
We have lots and lots. Wait, you guys, I say, oh, I saved something the other day that feels really relevant to show you. So this does relate to the last episode, but it still feels fresh in my heart. (laughs) We were talking obviously about Haley's hat in the last episode. And we got a tweet from a lovely gal named Noelle who said, my theory, RE, the Haley hat situation, is they were trying to sneak in some Joey Potter Dawson's Creek vibes. Look at this word side by side of y'all. So I saved this. And then, so there's, oh, how do I do this on Zoom? There's Katie. There's Katie in a hat. I see her. And then. Same hat. Your hat. Oh is my it was gosh, Lee Leverett totally. the same costumer on both shows? Oh yes, she know. was. She was. No, yeah, I'm, I'm almost totally before sure. Before Carol came, almost totally. Yeah, Lee was season wow. one and season two. Yeah. yeah. Well, they dyed wow. Hay- or Katie's hat a different color, and or they just all bought everything at the same shop downtown. <laughs> that feels right. Yeah. We only had a couple places to go, but I kind of loved it. So really the whole reason I wanted to talk about that and, you know, show it to people on the video portion is to say thank you to our listeners for your excellent internet sleuthing because you are finding things that really help us out. Sweet detectives. Yeah, you guys are so cool. Awesome. Thank you. All right, guys, we got another episode next week. We can't Wahoo. wait to see you. Have a beautiful week. Bye. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening. Don't forget to leave us a review. You can also follow us on Instagram at dramaqueensoth. Or email us at dramaqueens at iheartradio.com. See you next time. We're all about that high school drama girl, drama girl, all about them high school queens. We'll take you for a ride in our comic girl, drama girl. cheering for the right team. Drama queens, drama queens, smart girl, rough girl, fashion but you're tough girl, you could sit with us girl. Drama queens, drama queens, drama queens, drama, drama queens, drama queens. 